Coming up right now, the newest episode from Carr, Gwyn, and Ode on Three Pagans and a Cat. Being walkers with the dawn and morning, walkers with the sun and morning, we are not afraid of night, nor days of gloom, nor darkness, being walkers with the sun and morning. Welcome to Solar Festival's Ostara, 32nd episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of 20th century poet Langston Hughes. You may call me Ode. You can call me Carr. I'm Ode's father. Mary Meet. My name is Gwyn, Ode's mother. And I remember Langston Hughes. Uh, yes, this Langston Hughes reference goes out to, to my brother, who was obsessed with Langston Hughes in middle school. Yes, yep. yes he was. Actually, elementary. Yeah, it was it elementary school? Yeah, it was, it was like fifth school. grade, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he was in the fifth grade. loved Langston Hughes. Well, and they were doing a whole poetry uh-huh. uh, uh, like section. Like a unit. A yeah. unit. And they were going to do a play. Yeah. And, he was and, supposed and we to moved. Play, or he was supposed to participate and be a character uh-huh. in the play, and we had to move. So it was a bummer. But, but so, I remember Langston Hughes because he talked about him all the time. Yeah, so Langston Hughes was an African-American poet, playwright, novelist. Amazing uh, poet. And I learned of him through my brother's like fifth grade obsession. That's right. Total <laughs> obsession. And when you started reading it, all I could think was Star Wars. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, we are, we are, something we are, we are something? living on the planet Hoth right now. <laughs> True so that. It's not, yeah. <laughs> what was I going to say? We don't know. I don't know. Were you going to read our patrons? Because oh, it's the yeah, it's that time. Yeah. Yes, it's the, it's the first episode of the month. <laughs> All right, so our patrons are twelve kittens that we don't name, but, but we, we do love, love kittens. Our cats are Amber D, Briar Aldridge, Cindy Barrick, Gary Bearstorm, Jasmine Ray Bell, Kathleen O'Sullivan Cook, Marcella M, Michelle Kokolek Burkek. I completely slaughtered that name, and I'm terribly sorry. Sarah Pressure. Susan DeHaan, Tally Cazoyle Thomason, Tanya Allen. Our hunters are Aries, Alex, Amanda Hicks, Brandon Summit, Charles Howison, Darby Lockridge, Aaron Mao, Henry Wodehouse, James Smith, Jessica Helmer, Jessica Jones, Joe. Jessica Jones? Jessica Jones, oh, I know that, yes. <laughs> Apparently, I'm going to assume so, cool, yeah. Man. Kay Kramer, Carly, Leland, Lorelai. Marika Mullen, Nadia Ratchford, Nicodemus Tibbetts, Pine, Sarah Bunder, Solana, Stevie Thompson, Wick, our new leopard. Oh, Woo! that's right. Yes, we, we got a, a leopard. Got a first leopard. Emily Haglin. Emily Haglin, you have the unique privilege of the leopards, which is that once a month I'm going to be creating a piece of unique art in the style of our podcasts that will you will have access to on our Patreon. Yep. Tigers are Akaneko, Crystal of Apothecary Tees. Uh Because we're not going to slaughter her last name anymore. This is with Crystal's permission. That's right. It was her suggestion. (laughs) Alora Driver and Lorelai. And our Jaguar. Jaguar. Justin Stanage. Also, special thanks to Kristen Zacharias, who donated a mic to us. Which we have not been able to use yet. But we will. But we have plans. Yes, we have plans. We we do have plans and schemes. I think we've talked about this before. We tried to use a a two mic setup one time. It was like the mating call of Cthulhu. It was was horrifyingly bad. So (laughs) we we, we know how to fix it. We just have to get the equipment. I forgot about you, Squeaky. Squeaky. I need to add you to That's the list. Right, oh my yeah. God! Tell, th- apologize. I just. Did. I just <laughs> <laughs> it's on. because uh, Squeaky became a hunter through. That's right. Not through Patreon, 
but by bank, making a year, like a, a yearly, yearly subscription, yeah. essentially. But Squeaky is she, now on, yes. she is now on the Patreon page. Yes. Uh, well, hold on a second. I'm going to put it right now. Okay. <laughs> we cannot allow this to happen again. I'm doing it as we speak. It's literally live on the podcast. <laughs> Squeaky is being added to the Patreon page. Squeaky, right. is that the name you want added, or do you want it to be Candy? Let us let us know. In the chat, how you would like to be represented on our Patreon page on the Squeaky is Good. Squeaky is Good. Okay. All right. okay. We're all staring at the thing going, what is it saying now? <laughs> We're all squinting over at the Discord. Yeah. Well, the dumb thing is, like, I have Discord on mine, uh, yeah, but my you... personal computer, but to have it difficult to do that because yeah, I'm have... typing at yep. the same then time. It's more entertaining to watch you lean over and look at the screen. I'm just Whatever. Saying. All right. It's now updated. I will never forget it again. Woo-hoo! Excellent. That's why I get paid the big bucks to update shit. <laughs> you can say shit. You can say shit. We're That's explicit. True. We're an explicit We're podcast. We're an explicit podcast. We had to tell everyone during the interviews. They'd be like, am I allowed to say? And we'd be like, yes, say yes. literally oh anything you want. Any of you who have listened know that it was so funny because Witch Dr. Utu was trying so hard to be so good. And to then be, I finally like, said, fuck something. Uh-huh. And uh, and he was the, like, oh, the, thank fucking God. The, the expression <laughs> on his face was just relief. Yes, it was. It was complete relief. We're like, oh, Dude, sorry. Yeah, you sorry. Can, we should have. T- we should, we should have, have prefaced every interview with "You can curse as much as you want." <laughs> it's okay. We Our are listeners; they're used to yeah. it. <laughs> and now a commercial sponsored by our Tiger Alora driver for the music of Aqua Girl. Aqua Girl is an indie pop musician whose latest album, Pour Light on Everything, produced in conjunction with fellow indie artist Don't Do It Neil, came out in October of 2018. The self-described bedroom pop, which means it's lo-fi and created outside of a studio setting, has a very chill, listenable synth tone married to lyrics that are by turns hopeful and honest. All of the tracks on Pour Light on Everything have their charms, but O particularly recommends Dust, a frenetic call to the living and loving despite the sharp edges of life. You can find Aqua Girl at aqua-girl.bandcamp.com. Despite all of the cracks in my head, I think I need to go back, she said. I think I need to go back, she said. I think I need to go back, she said. Even though they want me dead, I think I want you to be my friend. We can run from the darkness permanently. I don't know if I really deserve these things. Keep on running and never look back. As long as we're in love, we're on the right track. The earth is a home to so many creatures. I won't let a single one get between us. The holy ground, it holds us down. But I know I just stand around and let earthly form dictate what I try to do. And we have news. Yes. Yes, we have news. Yes. Right, Y'all so may have... We can finally share the news. Y'all may have been stirred up into a frenzy by one on particular... Facebook, or Discord. Or Discord. By a particular member of the three-pack. And it wasn't me. <laughs> Car released that we had some news to share with you and invited you all to guess what it was, which has resulted in some very amusing guesses. Yes. And let me just tell you, for those who guessed... Car lies. He doesn't <laughs> lie. That's true. He doesn't lie. He prevaricates. He prevaricates. <laughs> He's kind of like the doctor that way. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I mean, I take it. Yeah. The closest guess by far yeah. was Chris. Yep. Yep. Um, Zazadil, right? Yep. 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 So, who guessed that we were getting our own channel on Patheos? Close. Not quite right. <laughs> right. Not Close, quite but right. no cigar. Close. But Very we close. did interview Jason Mankey at 
convocation, what Jason offered us is not our own channel mm -hmm. on Patheos, but to write for the Agora blog yes. on Patheos. Which is kind of the main landing point for yep. Patheos Pagan. Yep. yep. And so we will be contributing to that. Um, there are like a dozen pagan mm -hmm. authors yep. who contribute to the Agora channel. And we've, there's we've a already lot of... contributed four posts. Mm -hmm. Yep, that yeah. will be appearing here. At some point. At, at some, some point. point. We don't control that. No, <laughs> no, 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 no not no at this idea. point. But we wanted to be able to announce it to you guys because I know you've waited like almost a week. And I'm going, what? And, what and come up with news? some increasingly oh, wild. You have made us laugh so hard with some <laughs> of your guesses. So thank you for there, that. There was You're no way we were going to put a giraffe hilarious. in here. No. Oh, no. 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 Not no. at the... Well, we do have maybe a very tall a baby, ceiling. A baby giraffe. The ceiling has kind of a slope in this My house. So maybe if it only walked through the middle... Of the house where well, the ceiling is high. Well, they can bend their necks down. Well, the size, though, you know, of the <sighs> body going through. And then, of course, if it's a baby giraffe and it grows, then it's fucking right, stuck. Right, then we're going to have problems. Well, then we just cut a hole in the roof. In the roof. And Kick <laughs> out the skylight. We oh, and yeah, it just we the giraffe in the kitchen. <laughs> we do have a nice tree off to the side of the house, so that could work. <laughs> I just got them when it's too tall, it goes to the cooking segment. <laughs> that was that was Agent M. And, uh, yes, I guess we could find out what giraffe tastes like. <laughs> Ew! <laughs> what? No! That's wrong! I had alligator. Yes, well, you're wrong too. <laughs> Shark? I mean, I'm just, the lions seem to like it. <laughs> this is a fair point. It's science! <laughs> It's, what is it? It's the circle of life. <laughs> um, Thank you, Lion King. <laughs> All right, where are we going with this podcast? I don't even know. I'm kind of lost now. What are we doing here? All right, uh, so as you may have noticed from the title of this one, we're doing another one of our holiday episodes. Mm -hmm. This one is Ostara. Uh, we did the whole Wheel of the Year last year, where we covered sort of the basics and some debunking stuff. Mm -hmm. This year, we're trying to sort of dig down deeper and find out, like, what's the actual, like, philosophical, emotional, religious, like, point mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. this holiday? Yep. Trying to do that for every one of the holidays. And I, at least, am trying to find a distinct reason to celebrate each one instead of having three fertility festivals in a row. Well, right. and I think, um, you know, based on the research that I did, I, I think there are ways to make it about mm -hmm. more than just a fertility ritual or festival. Yeah. The direction that I went when I was doing my research was, so we talked uh, last year about the fact that Ostara is named for Estra, mm -hmm. a Germanic goddess, maybe, of very little... Scant evidence. Yeah, of very... Her, of her... Of her existence. Of her existence. Unless you're listening to the Grimm's. Right. Jacob Grimm said some bullshit <laughs> about a lot of things, including Estra. But he's the reason why we have rabbits. Yeah, he's, Easter, he's the reason we do the rabbit thing. Well, he's part of the he's reason. He's part of the reason, he's yeah. There was the a whole... I actually, and this is one of the things, if you want me to jump into this, sure. I found out well. how... <laughs> uh, well, we can go back to it. Um, but I found out how the, the modern story of Estra being connected with eggs and rabbits yeah, I think we Yeah, I think we covered this a little bit mm -hmm. in uh, in the episode last year, but we might as well real Right. Quick. Well, yeah. apparently, um, the, the modern story that where we get the idea from is based on a Ukrainian folktale that explains their beautiful decorated eggs called pasanki. Mm -hmm. Basically, the story goes, and this story was actually recreated or, or released uh, in 1975. Estra supposedly found an injured bird, and she felt very sorry for the bird. The bird was near death. So what she did, as gods are wont to do, she transformed the bird into a rabbit or a hare. But the transformation was not complete. 
And so the the hair was Continue able to, to lay eggs. eggs. Well, the hair was so thankful to have her life mm-hmm. that when she laid her eggs, she then decorated them in a beautiful manner and presented them to Estra as a gift of thanks for her life. And so supposedly the, the story is that that is the origin of beautifully decorated eggs, is that they were a gift from this hair that had once been a bird <laughs> in thanks for her life. There is no, I'm going to say it again, there is no attested mythology nope. for Estra. No. All of the mythology about Estra in is fact, modern. modern and, um, telling of an older story that actually was created sometime in the 1700s. If, if that old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There are actually um, egg decorating customs all over the world. Very and popular. Yeah, it's a, it's for some reason, it's just one of those well, things that, and I, eggs, I don't think I it ever, I, I don't think it ever originated from like one specific no, place and then spread no, out. I think no. it's just one of those things that like a bunch of people spontaneously all did. Well, you will notice, you know, obviously a various amounts of animals and reptile birds and reptiles will lay eggs and that's how they, and some of them are colorful. Yeah. And some of them are colorful and that's how they, you know, they have their babies. Yes. And so it makes sense that people would connect eggs to fertility or new birth, that kind of thing, based on like the birds and the reptiles and and things that do lay eggs. Now, what doesn't make sense is connecting that to rabbits. Well, rabbits are very fertile. Yes, they're very fertile. So So that is, and so you get these mythologies that kind of coalesce and become rabbits laying the eggs. I believe it was a duckbill platypus. Okay. That's not totally implausible. That's not totally implausible. Yes, I kind, of, kind of looks bird, kind, kind of looks, looks rabbity. Right. Apparently but has lays venom. Eggs. Yep. I learned yes. that today. They have venom. Platypi yeah. are horrifying animals. <laughs> so that's what I'm going with. <laughs> that it was that this all came down from yep. platypi. And I and I think what it what it really comes down to is it means we all just need to find our inner Easter bunny. I think so too. <laughs> so that's all interesting. <laughs> the, <laughs> We, so here's my thing. We just had a fertility festival, right? Mm-hmm. We just had like a new beginnings festival right. in, uh, in Belting. Right. So that didn't interest me as the sort of jumping off point for my celebration for this holiday. Mm-hmm. So instead, I looked at the like one piece that we actually have about Estra, mm-hmm. which is that her name derives from the same word for dawn. Mm-hmm. So I looked at dawn goddesses because this is, you know, a pretty mm-hmm. common mythological element mm-hmm. uh, across the world. Mm-hmm. So I decided to focus on this and uh, something Carr mentioned right before we started the podcast, which I hadn't thought about, was the fact that uh, Ostara is a solar festival. Mm-hmm. But so I, I came at this from a, like, triumph of the sun perspective instead of a fertility perspective. Yep. And sure. I think that makes sense. And I was uh, kind of looking to see, well, what can some some focuses be other than fertility? Mm-hmm. And, like, balance is one because, you know, you're balancing night and day. It's equal parts. Equal, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. equal parts. Yeah. We don't have that equal longest part, day, day equal you know, part night. Yep. thing going on. But also uh, purification, prosperity, change, and transformation. Sure. Can also be focuses. I read an interesting article on the Temple of Witchcraft mm-hmm. website from 2014 that talked about Ostara as uh, a celebration of coming out, uh, as a time to come out to family members as queer, mm. uh, to come out of the broom closet. Well, transformation. But so no, so I read that, and I, I'm going to go on a brief divergence here. Uh, this article was written by Steve Kenson, who is one of the high priests of the Temple of Witchcraft. He's married to Christopher Pensack. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize that it was the same Steve Kenson who wrote 
the mutants and masterminds role playing game, yep. and who wrote for White Wolf, and who wrote a whole bunch of Shadowrun tie-in oh, novels. Look out, people! We're having a moment. Is that Steve Kenson, you guys? I had no idea. I'm Fan very moment. excited. Fan moment. <laughs> I just, I didn't know that. Beep, 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 <laughs> fan moment. I didn't, I just, I didn't. Listen, as a person who has never actually gotten to really play role-playing games because I'm not social or organized or good with time enough. Oh my anyway, goodness. I'm just saying Steve Kenson should write a pagan RPG, and I don't know why that hasn't happened yet. Right. <laughs> so, if you are, what is his name again? Uh, Steve Kenson. Okay. He's Steve, married to Christopher Penzak. Steve Kenson, <laughs> if you are listening, which would be, like, miraculous. Uh, unlikely. Yeah. Unlikely, uh, but miraculous. Please write a, an RPG for... I don't know. I didn't some, care. Witches. Some kind of, <laughs> some kind of witchy <laughs> pagan thing. Thank you. <laughs> and Christopher, since I know you listen occasionally, let your husband know. <laughs> I'm just saying. I was just very excited to learn this. You, you would make the ode <laughs> incredibly happy. Anyway, he wrote an article in 2014, unrelated to his tabletop gaming, <laughs> about Ostara as time for coming out and for, you know, expressing sort of the, your true self in a more honest and joyful way. Mm-hmm. It, that makes a lot of sense, actually, because I'm sitting here looking at some of my notes. Like Dionysus, I did not know this. Apparently, Dionysus is said to experience great pain during winter. And so when spring comes, he rejuvenates and his strength is renewed. So, you know, and he changes from basically being unable to feel anything but pain to being able to express joy and party hard. (laughs) That makes kind of a connection for me of, you know, transformation, of right. coming out, of becoming who you are meant to be. Steve Henson makes an interesting point in in this article mm-hmm. that uh, coming out is not like a thing you do once. Yeah. It's a thing you have to sort of constantly do, especially if you're what's called passing, mm-hmm. where, you know, normative society will just assume that you two are normative unless you right. come out and tell them that you're not. And you have right. to constantly be making announcements. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You have to constantly... All the time be deciding how much you're going to come out, under what circumstances, mm-hmm. and to whom. Mm-hmm. And so Ostara, under this theory, under this concept, with this association, be a, a good time to sort of mm-hmm. get that ball rolling again if you've sort of let it, if you've, if you've started letting that lapse. Because yeah. it's easy once you've come out to like the, I guess the important people in your life mm-hmm. to just sort of let it ride. Let, yeah, just let it roll off your back and not think mm-hmm. about it mm-hmm. the rest of the time and the rest of your interactions. Mm-hmm. And that's a safe way to live, but it's not necessarily an honest. authentic way to live. Mm-hmm. And it can kind of grind you down over time. Mm-hmm. Cause you emotional pain. Uh huh. Yeah. It can be, it, it can be a struggle to be living under this sort of, you're, you're living this secret without acknowledging that you even have it. Because right. you're like, well, I came out. I mean, I told people. It's not my fault if all the new people in my life don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, see, that's why I feel like, at least in my opinion, maybe I'm completely off, but that's why I feel like this whole idea of Dionysus emerging. I don't know enough about Dionysus to, to have an opinion. Yeah, but to <laughs> rejuvenating every spring mm-hmm. from a place of pain. Well, that and 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 just even thinking about, um, are they annuals or perennials that come back in the spring? Perennials, perennials, uh, perennials. You know that die off during the winter mm-hmm. and bloom again in the mm-hmm. spring. Mm-hmm. The, you want to go back to eggs? Yeah, um, there we go. Chicks hatching out of stasis, out exactly. of their long growing period. Absolutely, that there are definitely sense. yeah some transformation elements there. 
So, so what year do you think that this whole Ostara and the hair thing happened? When it became like a... Have, when it became a thing, I yeah. forgot to write it down or bring it in here with me, of course, but I actually have a timeline that, that shows the progression from Estra to what we have today. The the little bitty bit that we have from Bead. The, yes, the, <laughs> the name, Estra. The, the name, the bitty bit that we have to what it is today. And the Proto-Indo-European language yeah. derivation that is the only information we have exactly, about her. Exactly, exactly. And the if I'm remembering correctly from the list, it's somewhere in like the 17th hundreds is where the hairs and that sounds about right that and, sounds about like the time that sounds became, about like the time jacob Grimm was getting yeah. up to some bullshit yeah actually 1835 was it oh, 1830s okay. yeah i know that there were local german traditions mm-hmm. uh, involving uh what became the easter hair right yeah. right so that that's, was before that but yeah. that's right well i'm one of the many, Grimm one of the many things yeah that Grimm one of those things up. that kind mm-hmm. of brought it all together yeah. there was a, a big kerfuffle 10 years ago that this was actually from the 1980s. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, so, but it's actually the it's, 1830s. It's right. the 1830s, so yeah, the It's 1800s. not ancient, but, but it is it's old. old. But it right. is old, yeah. 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 And it is most likely, they, they had to have gotten it from somewhere, and it's most likely, I would think, probably from some kind of local tradition. I don't want to say that just because people make shit up all the time. Well, that's it's true. For fiction. Actually, uh, it came from, we found out that it did come from uh, traditions that were already happening in Germany. Right. Uh, according to an 1874 book called Deutsche Mythology by Adolf Holtzman. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm familiar with Holtzman's work. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a little more reputable than yeah. Grimm's. Than Grimm? Yeah. <laughs> Grimm who was making shit up and Holtzman who was trying to report. But that's the whole point. To be, that fair it to, always... Grimm, to be fair to Grimm, he did think he was doing good work. Yes, it wasn't did. malicious. No. no. He was just an idiot. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. Because... Actually, we can say that about him now. He's dead. He's <laughs> dead. But he also brought to light a lot of fairy tales the that problem, we might otherwise sure. not have had. Yeah. The problem is, is that he mixed them indiscriminately yes, with his did. own nonsense. Yes, he did. But so, I have respect is, for Jacob Grimm because I love Grimm's fairy tales. Sure. This is, this is kind of one of those moments where I'm like, I love your UPG. Just note that it's your PG. Right. Right. Yeah. right. And I think that's ultimately, we talked about this last year, mm-hmm. it ultimately comes down to understanding that Ostara, as we know it today, is really based on modern ideas yeah. and a lot it's of UPG. It's a very UPG. fresh new holiday. Yeah, and a lot of UPG, and that's okay. Yeah, no, it's I'm... perfectly okay. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of Estra as a goddess. I love I just Estra. acknowledge that we don't know shit about her yeah. ancient history. also, I think also what's cool, though, about Ostara is that it doesn't have to be about Estra. It can be about, for instance, Dionysus, or it can be about Sybil, or it can be about any of the, you know, Gaia, any of the fertility gods and goddesses among I, other gods and goddesses. I personally would... I, I'm gonna I'm gonna insist on this. Yeah. For me anyway. That this is not a fertility I holiday. Know, no, I <laughs> it's a solar holiday. I get that. Yeah. So you can do so you could do Apollo and things like that. That would actually be really interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I get that it's not just about fertility. Just because I say those gods' names doesn't mean it's just fertility related. Nicodemus says, I know I'm a little late to comment this. I'm kind of laughing a bit here because Dionysus is very important to me. And I find it funny that he keeps being mentioned in your podcast briefly in some way. He was mentioned in one of the interviews. And I think a Dionysus festival was mentioned in another. Mm -hmm. Now that he's mentioned now, it just makes me excited and smile. Oh, well, I I hope that's a good excited and smile. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about Dionysus. I know he's wild. Yeah, Yeah. actually, I find Dionysus, I don't know a lot about 
about him. But the more that I'm learning, like these little bits that I'm learning mm-hmm. from Jason Mankey and from the research that I did yeah. on Ostara, I, I'm finding he's a very interesting character. He's not just all about booze and, and broads. No, he's sometimes <laughs> about, he's he's sometimes about murder. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes know. about frenzies and tearing people frenzies. apart and eating them. That's my favorite part of Dionysus. <laughs> <laughs> I believe, I, it is my firm belief from the the very little interaction I've had with mm-hmm. some people who do worship Dionysus. Uh, I've never had like a direct experience with Dionysus. You will now. This <laughs> is how it happens. It could be. Uh, my my strong impression of Dionysus is that he's like a play hard, fight hard, live mm-hmm. hard, enjoy your life, yeah, but also life. like fight the establishment kind of person. Like I feel like he'd go to rallies and bring a Molotov cocktail. Like <laughs> that's that's what I feel like Dionysus is. <laughs> well, like I said, I think there's hidden depths to Dionysus mm-hmm. that I did not is what I'm getting at. I think there's hidden depths to this particular god that I've kind of. In the past, I think I have really put him into a more of a narrow focus that was unfair. Into like, he's just the fun guy. That was all probably due to Hercules and Zeta. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're very much presented that way. You know, where he is definitely presented as just a drunk all the time. Mm -hmm. And maybe he is. I don't know. I So, we're not going to get into it too much because the Spoons episode is coming. It's going to be a a couple of weeks. Um, We're going to do the Around Grandfather Fire Mm -hmm. episode. Yep. Our next regular one, and then after that probably will be the Spoons episode. But I'm bipolar. Dionysus strikes me as a very bipolar kind. <laughs> yeah. So can I finish my little... Oh, yes, yes, sorry, okay. continue. So, sorry, continue. So, you know, it was 1835, 1874, mm-hmm. 1896, in the States, Okay. Popular Science Monthly carried an article called Popular Superstitions. Oh, boy. And this was listed in it. Uh-huh. Right? 1900. This okay. is where it becomes... He's rubbing his hands. He's, oh, he's no, got, here, this he's, is the fun he part of like it for me. He looks like he's scheming. He, he does. He's having a good time over here. Here's the fun part of it for me, is that in April 12th of 1900, a story came out titled, One of the Oldest Mythologies. Oh. <laughs> what did it come out in? What, was, uh, what magazine? Michigan's Crawford Avalanche. Oh, my God! It's our God fault! damn it, Michigan! Oh, no. 1900s Michigan, what are you responsible for? Where's uh, Crawford? Let me take this moment right now to apologize to everyone. We started this shit, apparently. Michigan. We're starting all oh my god! The they have an illustra- I'm going to describe this illustration. They have an illustration of a rabbit, a bipedal rabbit. Otherwise, looks like a perfectly normal rabbit, but it is wearing a dress with a very frilly ruff. It is carrying a little wicker basket like in which Ethan ruff, in I mean, which there are eggs, sit like five or six extremely large eggs. Mm-hmm. Yep, like ostrich eggs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the rabbit does not have, it has like paws and everything. Like it looks mm-hmm. like a it normal like rabbit, a rabbit, except so that it's I bipedal would, and I dressed. I would take the rabbit from Alice in Wonderland yeah. and put it in Alice's clothes. Yes, that is exactly That's what true. it looks like. Yep. <laughs> this, I've, I've and then just... give it Little Red Riding Hood's basket. Mm-hmm. Now Full I'm going to throw this in here, because this is what reminds me of a puka. Yes. Because pukas, apparently, before they got a bad reputation... Right were considered a servant of the gods, mm-hmm. half man, half rabbit, and they helped bring in spring and they helped to seed the field and flowers and things and they helped with all of the blooming that was meant to go on in the yes. land. That was the puka's original purpose. 
The puka is Irish? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is, uh, it looks like a, it's a, a very a tall spirit rabbit. It looks like a very tall rabbit. And it, in that it, before it became a trickster spirit, mm-hmm. it was actually, uh, meant to help bring in spring. Something very similar happened with the kitsune, which are fox spirits from mm-hmm. Japan. Uh, who originally they were represented as servants of the gods, mm-hmm. as sort of lesser gods themselves, who mm-hmm. would go around and like do things that the gods needed happening in the mortal world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and over time, they were downgraded, I guess, to these like trickster monsters. Yeah, yeah. So that seems to be what happened to the puka as mm-hmm. well. So that could also explain where um, this idea of hairs being associated with mm-hmm. spring came around is because of the association of the puka. Yeah, so you've got this German folk legend. Right. Right, from somewhere. From probably somewhere. Yeah, from probably somewhere in the, like, late 1700s if it was being recorded in the 1800s. And then you've got the Irish puka legends. Mm -hmm. And then people from both those places immigrated to the United States and just smooshed it all together. Yep, yep. yep. And then candy companies were like, we can work with this. And then we had in 1975 that story that I related to you mm-hmm. that directly attached it to Estra. Att- yeah, purposefully. Yeah. It was meant to purposefully attach Estra to, the, to hair. the hair and the decorated Easter egg. Interesting. Or the book that came out in 1906 called Ostar and the Hair. It's, it's just definitely been around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, it was, and it is that Ukrainian folktale. Somehow it all got mooshed together. Yep. Syncretic. Yeah, yep. the most probably the most syncretic of our holidays mm-hmm. today. It, so Justin just popped into Discord to say he's not listening right now, but he wanted to throw a shout out to Gwen of Happy Birthday. Oh Aww, yes, it is Gwen's you. birthday today. Thank you, Justin. She's mm, years old <laughs> today. While we're recording, I don't mind saying my age. <laughs> I don't know why he's always like people are. I'm 54. <laughs> I'm proud of my age. I've fucking lived this long. I survived <laughs> cancer. I can say I'm 54. <laughs> C- Congratulations. I, I, Thank you. I, I survived my teenagers. That's, That's amazing. true, yes. <laughs> that, yes, you did. That is amazing that you lived long enough for me to even meet you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, goodness. But, yeah, right. so anyway, all so, of these, yeah. these, I think all of these things coalesce to to make what we now know of as Easter and right. Ostara, or the spring equinox. Mm-hmm. You know, because even though the spring equinox happens... Before generally, or sometimes around the same time as Easter, some you know they're not. Yeah, they're not perfectly. They're aligned. not perfectly aligned, and and a lot of that has to be based on I think when the full moon is and all this kind. Of, they have this weird system of when they they do Easter. Yeah, I have no idea when Easter is. <laughs> I just check the calendar. It's, I it's either in late March or early April. Yeah, That's all I don't. I, know. I don't know how they decide these things. I don't. It's, I don't know these things. Either. It's not a concern for me. So. No. No. Right, yeah, I don't even know so, what Easter is anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Squeaky asks, is it the first Sunday after the full moon after the equinox? I think that's correct. Holy Squeaky. shit. You're brilliant. That's how they figure I that out? That's how they do it, The yes. first Sunday after the first full moon after the equinox? Very pagan, don't you think? Yeah! Who came up with that? Which church master was uh, like... The, church master was, is not what they I call themselves. The church master. I think it was the Roman Catholic. <laughs> The Julian cal- Although, calendar. L- listen, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna now declare that like 
the lords of churches should call themselves the church <laughs> masters. <laughs> yeah, so as a rule, Easter Sunday is always held on the first Sunday after the Paschal full moon, which is the full moon after the spring equinox. Oh my See, God. I'm serious. That is so totally witchy. It is really amazing. So I guess Easter will be in April this year, yeah, maybe. Easter, Easter like early April. And yeah. as it turns out, to make things simpler for the Christian church, spring equinox was determined to always be March 21st. Even though Even it is though not. It has, yeah, it, it varies from the 21st to the 22nd. How yeah. funny. How funny. Wild. Oh, my goodness. The things we learn, even on the spot. Thank you to yes, thank our, you, squeaky our, for, our lovely Squeaky for, for relaying this information relaying to us. This information. I had no idea that, that it had that convoluted a process to determine Easter. No, I just Easter. knew that the full moon was somehow involved, but, you know, I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, so, crazy um, sauce. There's you know no what? way there's not a pagan explanation for that. Right? <laughs> right? And this is one thing I thought was interesting, too, is there's actually another holiday that comes between Ostara and Beltane mm-hmm. called Floralia or Floralia, April 28th. Sounds and Roman. it is for the goddess Flora, who was the goddess of flowers. Sounds Roman. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people are apparently, or some, not a lot of people, some, some people. people. Some people are actually just kind of scooting her over to Ostara <laughs> and celebrating Ostara as part of kind of an extended, you know, Floralia. celebration of flora because she's the goddess of flowers. So it makes sense that she would, she could be worshipped at Ostara. Well, you also had Alban Elfed. Right. Yeah. There right. are a bunch of uh, semi-related holidays yeah, at this time. Mm-hmm. Hilaria Matris Deum. Mm-hmm. Roman. Yeah, gives them the Roman one. Yeah, uh, the Welsh one, which I'm not going to attempt Don't to even pronounce, try. Yeah, no. but is Day of the Gorse, mm. and it's the Annunciation of the Virgin Mary in Christendom. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't know that either. Throw it all together and mix it all up, and, and we put then it all on you the got same those day. crazy people over on the southern hemisphere who are celebrating autumn. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, they're not going to get around to Ostara until September. <laughs> yeah, they're doing Maven right now, which is funny because I read that you know some people celebrate Maven on Ostara, and I'm like, but in the that's southern, southern hemisphere, hemisphere. right? Yeah. They're they're doing Maven over there. Yes, so, maybe you know, presumably that's there, what they meant. Us. Down there, down there, down, and down from up, us. Up yes, there. down there, down there. Yes. <laughs> I mean, if you think of the globe as having a top and a bottom, which is like... Well, because it's flat, you know it is. (laughs) Do not get me started on that. We are not going there. I did just watch a documentary. About flat earthers. About flat earthers. And it's like, no. Just (laughs) no. It kind of tips itself on its head. So they're kind of swapping gods over there. (laughs) Saying, Maven can... You know, people here are saying, well, we can use Maven as far as... You know, for, as part of Ostara. You mean to tell me that people in the Northern Hemisphere are just stealing the Southern Hemisphere's timing now? <laughs> yes. So, yeah. yeah. Why? I don't know. We got our own Maven. Yes, we do. <laughs> Maybe they celebrate Ostara then. Do they just do Maybe. double Maven? Or, yeah, do they flip-flop? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess it's and because they're why? Both, Because it's both equinoxes, so I guess they feel like it's okay. You can interchange, you know, Maven no! with, uh, from fall to no! spring. I you don't quite get, understand. Listen. Listen, Esther may not have, like, ancient attestation, but she clearly does exist now. So give her her goddamn day. <laughs> That's right. Oh, <laughs> and and also, don't be trying to double up Maven. Listen, Maven Ab Modron has a special place in my heart because I know he needs a special place in someone's. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he doesn't need two days. Nope. No. Nope. One's more than enough. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. And how do we manage to get two holidays named after people who are mentioned once? Once. Once. 
Because well, technically, Maven's name is mentioned more than once. He just only shows up for one when, event. Right, and yeah. we had this discussion when we were at Arts and Craft today. It's because the Wheel of the Year is a modern invention. Right, yeah. Yeah. And it was made up by, like, Gerald Gardner and other people who uh, contributed to yeah, it. Was named up by, it was or, made up by one guy whose name yeah, I can't okay. remember yeah, right now. But um, the point is... We talked about him last time yeah, we did these. Yeah. The, the point is, it's a, it's a modern convention, a mm-hmm. modern conceit. So, people can... Do it however the fuck they want. That's true. You don't have to do these. You don't have to do these at all. They're you don't like have to convenient do these at all. But that's part yeah. of the re- that's part of the reason I'm sitting here. Like, okay, how can I distinguish Beltane yeah. from Ostara? Right. How can I make these distinct holidays where mm-hmm. I have different things to celebrate? Right. Because you know they were made very arbitrarily. Mm-hmm. All into one calendar. Right. When most of them were being, you know, these holidays were happening in different parts of the world for different right. reasons. Mm-hmm. So. They like I'm not a lot of thought was put into the way they were constructed and put together. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying now to put some thought into like, okay, why would I why would I celebrate Beltane and Ostara mm-hmm. and you know yeah agreed. So and and that's why I'm trying to make this distinction at least for myself between Beltane as fertility green things mm-hmm. and Ostara as dawn sun things. Right, and I think for me. I'm okay with making it about rejuvenation and rebirth and making that a part of welcoming the sun and the return of spring and not making it about fertility, but making it about uh, change. You know, we're changing from winter to spring. We're, you know, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. And we're seeing new growth. So it can also be, you know, it can be about growth. You're a green witch, though, so I'm not surprised that you're like, give me green things. I want green things, <laughs> damn it. Well, and we talked about this before, is that fertility doesn't have to be no, 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 it doesn't. Of no, no, it doesn't. But mammals. I, I still just don't, I just don't, I don't get a fertility vibe right, right now. Yeah. Gotcha. Fair. Which I did during Beltane. Like, I got a, like, start new projects kind of mm-hmm. vibe. But I don't get that. But isn't this the time that you would plant? No, it's a little early. You start planning. This is a good time to start planning. It depends on where you live. Yeah, it depends on what growing zone you're in. Okay, sorry. I grew up in the south. Yeah. Yeah. In the south, maybe. I mean, right now, the the bulbs that I planted, you know, before the first frost, um, you know, they still have to, you know, ground still has to get warm (laughs) enough. Still frozen. For the for them to be able to grow, I can tell you the ground is still definitely frozen. I yeah. know, I know. We're gonna have a late spring. Yeah. Stupid groundhog. Um, but there is something that we need to do. Guess what? <laughs> what? It's time for reviews. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. We are going to be talking about a well, basically a, a pagan business mm-hmm. called yep. Poking po- Dead Things. Poking Dead Things, and it is owned by Morgana Grimm. Mm-hmm. That is correct. We're talking some very cool shit here. Yeah. So first things first, uh, all of the animal parts mm-hmm. from poking dead things because this is mostly it's literal. <laughs> yes, it's it, this, these are um, taxidermy remains essentially. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these are ethically sourced. Yes, mm-hmm. that's yep. the most important thing. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. She has created jewelry. Mm-hmm. She has created um, some beautiful display pieces. Display pieces, things that you can use in your worship. Yeah, I think like she's the snake in a jar. Yes, yeah, yeah. or the snake on a platter that yeah, I. Yeah. It's beautiful. She yeah. does like fans. some feathers, some fans, yeah, some fans yeah. created from bird, uh, obviously wing, yep. and then a, a bone. Yep. 
you know, so I mean, they're yeah. There's a lot pieces. of there's a lot of bone pieces, mm-hmm. a lot um, of snake cartilage, yep, um, things like that. And again, it is all ethically sourced, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it's nothing. Nothing has har- been harmed. Right. She's not going out and hunting these no, animals. No, these are poking things. dead things is bringing the dead to new life through art. Yes, yes. And, and they're like, beautiful. Oh, pieces. they're beautiful pieces, and we'll like include some pictures. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll I'll put this on the blog. Yeah, and, you know, and with a link. And uh, some pictures of, of what she's created. One of the things that I have from Poking Dead Things is a deluxe bone throwing kit. And this thing, it's probably too loud for me to open yeah, and don't, look at. But don't. it's got some amazing pieces. That I think there's some. there was some leg bone and there's like a little jaw mm-hmm. of maybe a squirrel. There is there's a little turtle shell in turtle, there. There's a turtle shell. I mean, all kinds of beautiful, interesting. So now things. we have to get together with teeth. Jack Mercer, yeah, so he can teach you how so to read the bones exactly if, if he's willing. Well, he's the whole reason I was interested in learning how to do divination by bone, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because he's amazing at throwing the bones, yeah, and very, very gifted. And I thought that is a really and, and it also for me it harkens back to you know an older. Put that down, please. Sorry. An older, I talk with my hands, and so I was rattling the jar. Um, it's rattling the bones. It's rattling the bones. It harkens back to, to you know, that kind of a, a more visceral type of yeah. divination, more intuitive, style. more intuitive, and more more spirit oriented. Because yes, there's not like a, it's not like with the tarot deck where. This card has a specific meaning. This mm-hmm. placement has a specific meaning. You're looking at the interaction between those two meanings, right? Right. right. A bone has a spirit in it. <laughs> right. And my understanding is you can start out with a basic kit, like what I've got, and then over time, yeah. um, you can collect more pieces to add, and you intuit mm-hmm. what those new pieces mean. Yeah, I would honestly, I mean, see if you can get Jack to, oh, to tutor you. I do you, have but, a book. But, um, and, and I'm sure the book will also yep. be interesting. But honestly, this, this seems to me like the kind of thing like your spirit guides will be your most oh, probably. reliable yeah. resource I'm, on I'm, that one. I'm thinking. Yeah, I think definitely. Jack can give you like the basics of it. Yeah. And then your spirit mm-hmm. guides are going to be the one who tell you what's going on. Yeah. But you also got something from Poking Dead Things too, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. Well, Gwen and Carr got for me a necklace, which I don't really wear jewelry. Uh, on a day-to-day basis, uh, not for any, not because I don't like it necessarily, but just because I don't have the patience to put it on every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same reason I don't wear makeup on a day-to-day basis. But they ha- at Poking Dead Things, uh, which I had not seen these before. I've seen Poking Dead Things at a lot of festivals and yep. mm-hmm. uh, a lot of events now, but I had never seen these before. They are butterfly wings mm-hmm. that have been trimmed and shaped and oriented in what I think is um, acrylic, a paint of acrylic, and then set in probably a pewter case hanging from a chain. So it's a it's a necklace. It's a very Beautiful. thin rectangular Beautiful. necklace. A butterfly wing that's been cut in half and aligned uh we'll put a picture up so you can see it. it's very very beautiful <laughs> but so i was looking at these i was looking at this one specifically actually uh at the case and Gwen obviously saw me looking at it and she asked me later would you wear that you don't wear jewelry but the reason i wanted it was for ritual wear mm-hmm. and i'm gonna enchant it probably uh at some point with some transformation energy with my septarian mm-hmm. Butterflies obviously have uh, natural transformation qualities. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's something I'm always kind of chasing when mm-hmm. I'm doing my ritual work is transformation. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
this is probably something I picked up from Lady Dame, actually, that, like, I feel like, what's the point of a ritual if it doesn't change you in mm-hmm. some way? Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I think Poking Dead Things, Morgana Grimm, yeah. she knows how, she... Beautiful, beautiful work. She knows how to do really beautiful things with I, I have, I've and, always had... And other natural... <clears throat> Items. Other natural, yeah, uh, remnants. Right. And um, I think for people who it might be squiffy for them, you know, she brings it to a place where it's not uncomfortable. Right. It's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. Yep. Um, and one of the things I'll say, and this is something that put me off from Poking Dead Things for a while, but it might make other people feel more comfortable, uh, is that almost all of the bone pieces are coated uh, and sealed with acrylic. So they have kind of a shiny quality, mm-hmm. um, which I find aesthetically a little less pleasant than a matte quality. But it does make it very, very clear that you're not touching raw bone. Right. So if that's something that makes you uncomfortable, you'll probably still be okay with poking dead things. Because mm-hmm. like I said, they have a, a very shiny seal. But yeah. I will say that my uh, bone throwing kit, that's yeah, not unsealed. the case. It right. is unsealed bone yeah. and uh, pieces of bones and various uh, And all the, all the bones and everything, it's all sterilized. Yeah, so you don't have to worry about right. that. Yeah. And she does a, she's very good at what she does. She's a gifted artist. But the and bones, I highly recommend checking the, them out. the bones from Poking Dead Things are not bleached. No. No. So you see them in their natural color. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think people should, you know, go to the website, mm-hmm. check it out, check out her art. And, and uh, she also has a storefront in yeah, so, that she shares with uh, a couple other businesses. Yep. So pokingdeadthings.com mm-hmm. is where you can find Morgana and Poking Dead Things online. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you happen to live somewhere in the Midwest and you happen by Ypsilanti, Michigan, mm-hmm. you can go to Twisted Things, which is an organic apothecary and curious good shop. Mm-hmm. There in Ypsilanti, which we need to get by. Yes, I know. Um, and we've already reviewed... Uh, Twisted Willow Soap, soap Company yep. is, is, one, is, is part of that yep. Twisted Things uh, shop, storefront. Yep. storefront. And uh, we've already mentioned them in the podcast and reviewed their wonderful products. Yep. So go visit if you are in that area. Go to the website mm-hmm. for Poking Dead Things. And if you're uncomfortable with sort of the detritus of death, uh, this is maybe a good opportunity for you to explore that in a way that's less visceral. More gentle. Yeah. Um, like I said, they have the seal. They're all presented as art elements. Mm-hmm. So they're de- very deliberately presented in the most beautiful way they can be conceived. Absolutely. So if you are uncomfortable with dead things uh, and that's something you want to work on, this might be a good first step for you. Absolutely. That's it for reviews. Very Wonderful. nice. Thanks. Brought it down an octave. Uh-huh. Well, that's because my voice started to hurt after the last oh, one. I know. Did. <laughs> well, one of the things that I looked at was there, you know, different spells that you can do mm-hmm. on Ostara. And the ones that I found interesting were for restoring balance. Okay. Using that as a focus. Assisting with a difficult time. If you're going through uh, a rough time right now and need to transition in into maybe accepting some difficulty or, or moving on, this would be a good time to do that um, because it is, it can be, uh, you know, a time to celebrate change and growth and, and things like that. And then of course your tip, there's your typical love and attraction mm-hmm. for those who are wanting to do the love spells because Aphrodite is actually also considered Aphrodite as well as um, her counterpart, her Roman counterpart, Venus. Um, Venus. They are considered goddesses of spring. Aphrodite, for one, apparently flowers spring from spring, I should say, from her <laughs> footsteps. 
uh, when she when she came out of the the ocean when she was born. Spring sprang from her spring, footsteps. Spring <laughs> sprang. So that's why she's considered a good deity to approach for spring. I wonder if your idea of what you're going to use your butterfly stuff from poking dead things actually fits into this. I think it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And there's With some transformation. Norse- mm-hmm. and, um, and I believe stuff, Freya yeah. is also uh, a goddess that is considered uh, a goddess of spring. Sometimes. Or, or, and can be... Um, Freya is considered a goddess of many things. <laughs> many, many things. Um, I associate, personally, I associate Freya more with summer, mm-hmm. uh, as well as Freyr. Mm-hmm. Uh, I associate both of them much more with summer than with spring, but so you could associate... Who would you associate with in the Norse pantheon? Uh, Iduna, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the, the apple keeper, the orchard right. keeper. Mm-hmm. The young maiden, mm-hmm. occasionally kidnapped. <laughs> like they are. Uh-huh. And then, um, of course, Gaia, Sybil, and then there's a whole bunch of gods, including... Dionysus. Right. And Apollo. I thought it was and really Apollo. interesting because I was doing the sun thing. You were like, you could worship Apollo you at could. this time. You totally could. And I thought that was interesting because, um, again, I don't know a whole lot about Apollo. Never had a personal interaction. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have always gotten the impression that he is, like, I mean, like a lot of the gods from that pantheon, he's complicated, but he's got a very sort of gentle quality. Mm-hmm. I can say that I went to, um, in January, I went to a ritual that was uh, honoring Apollo. Honoring Apollo. And it was, he, it was a very, the energy that I experienced during that ritual was very much a, a fatherly kind mm-hmm. of gentle, this is what your year is going to be kind of energy. And I feel like, you know, because as we know, divination is, you know. <laughs> good at all of the holidays. All the holidays. And so, and of course, uh, he is a, a god of, of prophecy and divination. Mm-hmm. So he yep. would be a great god to, to go to. My understanding, I believe Kernunos is, is one. Because of his cauldron and renewal. Uh, um, I, I, Kernonis is, again, one of those ones that we don't know anything about. So. Right. Although we have found something other than the Gundestrap. That's right, cauldron. yes. That's right. There was a, a new figure of... I think we talked about this on the podcast when Maybe. it, when it first happened, but a new figure of Kernonos was discovered. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It was actually a Roman figure. Yeah. They determined that it was created during the Roman period. Right. Um, so it was some Roman syncretized Kiranonos into mm-hmm. their pantheon. Yep. Oh, or it could have been um, an Irish person maybe who had been, you know, enslaved by the Romans. I don't know. Assimilated. Assimilated. It's that time again when we suggest that our listeners in the Grand Rapids area follow the advice of our tiger Akaneko and check out the Grand Rapids Kimono Club, a social group in southwest Michigan where members teach each other how to wear traditional Japanese kimono and learn about the history and styles of this intriguing fashion art. For this Ostara season, consider learning how to quickly or hilariously don and doff kimono in honor of Shinto goddess of the dawn and revelry, Ame no Uzume, who once performed a rousing ritual strip tease to literal sun goddess, Amaterasu, out of hiding. Nice. You can find the Grand Rapids Kimono Club on Facebook. <laughs> and this is how Carr doesn't screw up the names. He just points at me. <laughs> That's right. I yeah. love that. Did you say it was a goddess who did a striptease? Yes. To draw out another Amaterasu, goddess? Yes. That Amaterasu, yes. Amaterasu. so awesome. Amaterasu goes into hiding because she's mad at Susano. Uh, and like are. Right. She hides in a cave. Uh, and she's the sun. Mm-hmm. So it's bad when she hides in a cave we for long periods of time. We don't want the sun to hide. So the... So the gods are like, well, we have to get her out of this cave. They're trying to trick her in various ways to come out, and she's refusing. So Smart goddess. Ame no Uzume, who is the goddess of the dawn and of revelry, mm-hmm. she does this uh, this striptease dance 
that makes a lot of noise. She stands on top of an empty wash bin that she turns upside down and she does this big dance, throwing her clothes off and all the other gods are around like cracking up. <laughs> and she is, she hangs a, um, a jade mirror a polished jade mirror from a tree outside the cave so that when Amaterasu moves the boulder out of the way to see what the who the fuck is making all this noise, what's all this laughing and dancing about, she sees herself in the mirror and is like, because she's very narcissistic, uh-huh. is drawn out to examine herself in the mirror. And while vain. she's while she's preening, uh, one of the other gods rushes in behind her and closes <laughs> the cave back up and says, nope, not this anymore. Oh, I love that. And that's, that's how the sun comes back. That's wonderful. I love that story. Yeah, it's great. And uh, Ame no Uzume is actually one of my sort of prototypes for, because we don't know a whole lot about Estra, Mm -hmm. for, okay, well, what does a solar festival look like at this time? And I think Mm -hmm. one of the things that I want to focus on during this time is just, like, being joyful in Mm -hmm. the moment. Like, Mm -hmm. finding the stupid little things that you can enjoy even when things are rough and you're having a difficult time. Like, just go enjoy something. If you can't, if it's not coming to you, go out and find something to be joyful about. Even, no matter how dark it is right now, Mm -hmm. you can bring the sun back if you try hard enough. That's right. That's very cool. I I say that as a bipolar person in the middle of a depression, so you know (laughs) I mean it. Out! Stone! Clear! And there was like no segue, just boom. I'll take it. We're segue-less today. (laughs) All right, so today we're going to be talking about sunstone, which I don't have a sample of. It's actually, it can be hard to find sunstone because it's not a popular jeweling stone. Right. But I've seen samples, I just don't own one. So sunstone is a type of feldspar. It's found in Norway and Sweden and India. It's found all over the world. But one of the most popular varieties is actually found in Oregon, which is slightly distinct from other types of sunstone in that it contains elemental copper. Uh, other types of sunstone may contain microscopic uh, scales of copper or of hematite. Mm-hmm. But Oregon copper contains larger elemental copper inclusions, and therefore it has a much stronger... Uh, optical effect called aventurescence, which mm. you also seen in Aventurine. Uh, it's that sort of shimmery, metallic, uh, almost glittery quality mm. when you turn right. it in mm-hmm. the light. Sunstone has a very light edge usually and a dark center because it's usually cut so that the inclusions are uh, focused because it'll, it'll, the inclusions of copper or hematite will be in sort of these little waves. So it's usually cut so that the inclusions are at the center of the stone and then it fades out to uh, a more translucent feldspar further out. Uh, so when you hold it up, you get this very shimmery center fading out to a very light edge. So it's, gotcha. a, it's a very attractive stone. It's not as popular in jeweling because it's actually difficult to get cut uh, so that the aventurescence shows correctly. Is it soft? Uh, it's a Mohs 6, so it's a little softer than quartz. Mm, okay. But it's a, it's a really lovely stone if you find a good cut of it. It can come from yellow to orange to red. Uh, sort of the yellow to orange range is the most common. Although the Oregon sunstone you'll see comes in more of a red range because it has that red copper inclusion. Mm, very cool. Obviously, sunstone is associated with the sun. I usually use carnelian for my sun associations, not least because I have a carnelian and right. I don't have a sunstone. But carnelian and sunstone have different tones. So carnelian is a very, like, confidence stone. It's almost aggressive, right? Sunstone is a much, it's like, it's still enthusiastic, but it's got a, almost a more chipper, younger feeling mm. tone to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very bright. Uh, it's very joyful. 
Uh, it's good for prosperity things, for abundance, and just for bringing more enthusiasm and positivity into your life. Very cool. That's it for Oats! Stone! Corner! That one was great. That was a good one. That might be your best one so far. Also, it's, it's the, Spook the, the Cat. The cat is looking at you like, what is wrong? <laughs> oh, my God. So, so now you, you talked about that Sunstone is good for prosperity mm-hmm. and abundance. And that's another thing that you can focus on yeah, during, uh, at Ostara is time. prosperity and abundance kinds of magic. Although... Our friend Paul from our (laughs) oft-mentioned Arts and Craft, Um, he and I were talking about a spell that I'm going to be casting for a friend, and he said, you got to kind of be careful with abundance Mm -hmm. and make sure that it's, because it's kind of a big topic, and if you're not careful, it could, you know, you might be trying to do an abundance of good things, and it ends up being an abundance of, like, bad luck. (laughs) Or just an abundance (laughs) of stuff. Right, Right. an abundance of stuff. So he said it's sometimes better to narrow your perspective or Mm -hmm. your focus then maybe whatever in specific thing you're trying to to invoke, you can like do a correspondence to kind of narrow it down. Yeah, I would honestly, I would say in all magic, specificity is the key. Specificity is key in your intention. So yeah, so while abundance is a great you know a thing, I would to, pair. To I do, would, but make sure you know what you want to have for abundantly. Yeah, for that I would pair. Like, if you wanted just the abundance of a sunstone, mm-hmm, I would pair mm-hmm. it with maybe a citrine, mm-hmm. which is more prosperity-focused, or a pyrite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Yeah. Because I think at this time, you know, a lot of people are looking for jobs for the summer mm-hmm. or things like that. So this is a good time to kind of focus on, on that. Friends, God, and gems. That was very nice, dear. Thanks. <laughs> He's really going all out this episode. He's going all out. And we're all in. Odin and I are kind of distracted. Distracted because the, the cat came into the, the room. The cat here. is like wandering all around the room. Okay. Um, so what I'm going to talk about today is actually daffodils. Okay. Uh, because flowers. Are- I know, right? She told me she was doing daffodils. I was like, huh? <laughs> well, That's not a traditional witchy herb. No, it's not. But it is a spring flower. It um, You plant the bulbs in the spring in the fall, uh, mm-hmm. two to four weeks before frost hits, and they're an early spring bloomer. So they just sort of hibernate during yeah, winter. Yeah, they hibernate during winter. You want to cover the bed with mulch, mm-hmm. and then uh, a loose mulch. You don't want to pack it down. And that Please way, don't cover our bed in mulch. <laughs> their bed, the oh, flower gotcha. bed. Okay. You know, it will, once the sun begins to warm the ground, they'll be some of the earliest flowers that bloom. So you'll often see them in April, late March, early April. Okay. Depending on the climate of where you're... Right. So if you're in a warmer clime, uh-huh. daffodils may start rising around Ostara. Right. Although, while they do grow in most uh, soils in the, in the you know, in North mm-hmm. America, places that are a little bit warmer, like, like say, Florida, or have a, a more of a sandy, sandy kind of soil, not, they don't not into grow that? as well there. Okay. Yeah. They need a more of a, a, a richer kind of soil. Right. Um But they do, um, they do like sun. Okay. And you can you are can they a full them. sun flower? Yes, they are a full sunflower. Okay. Um, although they they'll do all right if they're in partial shade too. Okay, so they you know they prefer they're full, a little versatile. They're a little versatile. They're very hardy. They're okay. very hardy flowers. You do want to kind of space them out. And believe it or not, daffodils are great for magic. Well, they keep negativity away from the home. When you plant them around your home or keep them on your altar, you can they can help dispel negativity. They are related to the nar- Narcissi family of flowers. Right, the Narcissus plants. Yeah, the Narcissus plants. 
And for those who I'm sure you remember Narcissus, he was uh, <laughs> very vain and he sat and would, would just stare at his own reflection to the point that the gods finally said, fine, you want to stare at yourself forever? And they turned him into a flower. Uh-huh. <laughs> One that happens to be in the daffodil family, you know, so... Um, so that's why I guess they, you know, they kind of come up, they have like a, a rather large yellow head. Yeah, and sort of like a trumpety And kind of, of a shape. trumpet shape, yeah. yep. And, uh, but they, again, they're good to dispel negativity. You can wear a daffodil blossom near your heart for good luck. You do have to be careful though, because the plant does have narcotic properties. The bulbs are toxic, so it's not like... Oh. Something like you don't want to be licking on your fingers after you've been, right. you know, I would wear gloves to, you know, to plant the bulbs mm-hmm. uh, because there is some kind of a substance, a residue, a residue of, of the bulbs. They are perennials. So if you plant, so they'll come up again? they will come up again. But isn't that, I thought most bulbed uh, flowers were annuals. Not necessarily. Like tulips, if you, if you plant a tulip, they will come up again. And I am not a gardener. A listeners. lot of times <laughs> they'll volunteer. They'll move to other locations. Huh. It's really kind of interesting. You do. They often go to Tennessee. (laughs) Funny. Um, They do. You do want to keep them spaced a few inches apart, like three to six inches apart. But you can have them as part of um, a garden that has other flowers in it, like as a border kind of thing. They're good for magic with friendship, domestic happiness. Their element is water. Their power uh, belongs to the love and luck and fertility and things like that, mm-hmm. which was, is what makes them a good to do magic for Ostara. Right. And then, interestingly, there is an, I guess, thousands of years old superstition dating back possibly to the Romans. The first daffodil you see in spring or summer, if it hangs its head toward you, mm-hmm. you can expect bad luck for the rest of the year. Oh. Don't but want to be looked at by a daffodil. No, because no direct eye contact with the daffodils. But if it's looking away, you'll be fine. Weird. I think it draws back to that narcissus. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh <laughs> that because it is supposedly narcissus turned transformed into mm-hmm. a flower. So you don't want to the very first daffodil you see, you want its head to be turned away from you rather than towards you. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I have on uh, for our flower this time, the daffodil. Lynn's Garden Gems. Lovely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks. So, uh, all right. Akaneko says, there are also some Himiko Amaterasu ties, as Himiko was given a ton of bronze mirrors from a Chinese embassy. Mirrors make a good correspondence. Ah, so more mirror magic mm-hmm. can be done. Something I want to re- remember to say. Because I keep, I meant to say it at the beginning of the episode, is um for those of us who live in daylight savings times, that's coming up. It's right. March tenth. Yeah, <laughs> so next week. If you're, ahead. Week yeah, it today. was spring ahead. So uh, if you live in the United States, or I don't know if anywhere else does daylight savings time. Not even all of the United States. Yeah. Does. Uh, no. So if you live in a place that does daylight savings time, like us, <laughs> um, March tenth at two a.m. And there's the, the cat end. will ring the bell. And, <laughs> and, and you, we will spring ahead. And we will spring ahead in accordance with the cat's command. That's right. Um, and you'll have, to, yeah, you'll have to set your clocks ahead one yeah, hour, an hour to 3 a.m. So I you'll lose an hour. Ahead. I love falling back. I it's the springing ahead. The good thing is, is, is if you run your clock completely by your cell phone. It'll it just handle it. it. Yeah. That's true. And um, on the bright side, because we are celebrating the return of spring. Right. Longer sun, days. Longer days. Shorter nights. So. Yep. I'm good with that quite honestly i'm about done with winter oh god 
Yeah. By the time we get to the end of winter, everyone's done with winter. That's the truth. And do you know what else? What? It's time for Cars Feast Table. Cars Feast Table. (laughs) And again. It's funny every time. I don't know what's so funny about a whisper. I don't know either. Because I came up with it. I don't know. Um, He did. That's the stupid, that's the silly thing. It was his idea. His idea. We've said this before and we'll say it again. So today's Cars Feast Table is Biscotte de Regina. Very nice. Sounds very fancy. Very fancy. Yes, they're also known as the Queen's Cookies. Ooh. Which queen? I don't know. Bell Queen. Victoria, maybe? Uh, no. Jesus Christ, Balthazar. <laughs> it's Sicilian, so... Oh, oh right. an Italian yeah, queen, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm like, so. well, Italian queen. I don't so, know. and these things... One of the Borgias, maybe? Um, uh, <laughs> pair perfectly... Oil. Am I, I going to be able to do this? Are right, you all going to talk? I'm sorry, sorry. Talk. Go ahead. The bell's fine. I'm okay, okay with the bell. Right. So these pair perfectly with coffee, tea, or dessert wines like Marcello or Vincento. And they have three cups of all-purpose flour, two sticks of butter, one teaspoon That's of baking powder. Yes. <laughs> butter. Two-thirds a cup of sugar, a half a teaspoon of salt, three teaspoons of vanilla, and an egg. That makes the cookie. Huh. Sounds pretty basic and probably simple. And then you form the cookie in a bowl of heavy cream. In, form the-, it in the cream? So you form the cookie. Uh-huh. Like you mix you- all the ingredients together. No, and no, then- no, 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 no. Listen, you form the cookie. Uh, okay. You dip it in a bowl of heavy cream. Okay. And then you dip it in sesame seeds. And okay. Roll it all around. Gotcha. But you have to put all the ingredients right. together. You make yes, the cookies yes, yes, like yes. the dough. You make the, right, right. Put so, it in the, correct. the cream. Uh, correct. So the cream yeah. is to hold all the sesame seeds on. Yeah. Not unlike uh, okay. when you're frying a chicken. Okay. <laughs> a whole chicken? No. But chicken tenders? Yes. <laughs> chicken thighs? I don't know. Maybe. Yes. Bunless pieces of chicken. Right. Yep. So that I can eat them without inconvenience. That's right. So that so that's the biscotti de Regina from Italy. That sounds delicious. Are you channeling Ezio <laughs> from Assassin's Creed? Maybe. <laughs> the thing is that I've said this before, so now I'm gonna have to make them so I can try it. If you dunk the cookie in, oh my god, those they look, look delicious. very yeah. <laughs> if they you do. dunk the cookie in your tea or your coffee, they kind of look like wine. a Rice Krispie treat. <laughs> Then you're going to get the seeds in what you're drinking. Uh-huh. No, I so. think the uh, heavy cream really, like, it almost, Squanches like, glues them on. Glues them on. So they're, they're I have to try crunchy this. on the outside, uh-huh. but soft on the Ooh, inside. Which yeah. is rare for a biscotti. That yes. is rare for a biscotti. Yeah. Most of the time, you have to dunk your biscotti in your coffee so you can fucking eat the biscotti. They biscotti. Do biscotti. Um, biscotti. 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 De Regina. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to all of our Italian friends. <laughs> Do we have any Italian listeners? I apologize. We apologize. <laughs> that is pretty good. Uh, and this, this actually makes 30 of those little cookies. Oh, neat. Holy crap. So you big, big, big No, you're not making like little cookies. Little cookies. Right, yeah. Which makes them cuter and better. That's right. And they do look delicious. They do. And again, we don't have an outro for this segment, so it's just done now, I guess. Done. Fini. Fini. Nice. There you go. Okay, so are we done? <laughs> we, we, we're done except for Wiser, who is Books? the company, yes, who is the company oh, that put right. out Witch Doctor Utu's book. Oh, right, I forgot that's about right, this. That's right. Right, and Witch Doctor Utu's book is called The Conjuring of Harriet Mama Moses Tubman and, and the Spirits of the Underground Railroad. Yes. So they sent us a Which, copy of it. I remembered that, I didn't have it written down. <laughs> 
they sent us a copy of it, mm-hmm. and then unbeknownst to us, they sent us a second, a second copy. copy. Of it. Yeah. So somebody out there is going to be a lucky winner of a copy of Witch Doctor Utu's new book. Correct. Yes, which is very very good. You yes, want we've to all read this read book. It. Oh yep. my god, it's so good. So here's what you need to do in order to win this. Yep. You have. One week. So one week from the third. Yep. So for those of you all listening live, you have an extra like an extra day. 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 March. Well, an extra couple of hours. (laughs) So by March tenth, you have to email car. So that's C A R at the number three pagansandacat dot com. Or you can go to the website and click on the contact page and email this email it to me there. But what you need to do. Is a little bit of research. Yes. We want you to answer one question. One question and one question only. What was Harriet Mama Moses Tubman's real birth name? Because it was not Harriet. Harriet. Or Tubman. Yeah. So, do a little, you know, find out what her first name is. Mm -hmm. Email Carr. And then next week, we are going to take... All the names of the people who submit an answer. We're going to randomly select one. randomly select a winner. So send Carr the answer to the question, your mailing address. And name. And a name that the post office will recognize. recognize. Yes. Yep. 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 And so check it out. This is a chance to win a Mm -hmm. really wonderful book. Yep. And so. Yeah, we strongly recommend it. You all will hear the interview with Witch Doctor Utu next week. Yep. Uh, and at the end of that interview, we're going to be announcing who won this book. That's right. That is exactly the way it's going to happen. All right. So, uh, besides that, is there anything else we need to talk about? I don't think Other so. Other than thank you for helping us get to convocation yes, because yeah. Yeah. it was an amazing time. Yes. Yep, we, we had are. a wonderful time. Exactly. We did indeed. Yeah, we were was, exhausted. It was really, really, yes, very, very tired. Yeah. But we got to meet some really... <laughs> Old slept all the way home pretty, pretty much. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. But we got to interview, obviously, some very Many fascinating people. people. We got to and meet to, a bunch of people that were really cool. To reiterate, in case you didn't watch the Facebook videos we did while right, we were at Convocation, right, right. how those interviews are going to be going up is that on our off weeks, starting next week, I'm going to be putting up the edited interviews one at a time mm-hmm. for every one of our off weeks until we get to the end of the interviews. And that's mm-hmm. like nine interviews. Ten. Ten. Ten? Is it? No, I think well, it's nine. Okay. And then the, oh, the yeah. dual podcast. And then the dual podcast with yep. Around Grandfather Fire, which, which is going to be so our next fun. main podcast, is going to be the Around yep. Grandfather right. Fire podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the next two and a half months, Let's, yep. give or take, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to be getting weekly content that's uh, on our, our you're, you're going to be getting our regular content every other week. The edited interviews in will be going up in between on our off weeks. And yep. of course, if you want the chance to listen to the unedited mm-hmm. version, then any level of uh, patron yep. can listen $1 to $1 and up. $1 and up can listen to the unedited versions yes. of of the interviews. And they are all up except for the podcast, the yes. dual podcast the dual with Around Grandfather Fire mm-hmm. are up on the Patreon as we speak. Yep. Um, right. So that's it for us. Uh, you can find us on Facebook yep. at facebook.com forward slash the number three, P-A-A-C, that's three pack. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Twitter at three underscore pagans. Mm-hmm. 
If you go to Google Plus, you can find us, but it's going away. I don't so know don't. why you keep mentioning it. It's going Nobody away in cares. in the middle of April. It's so. gone. So yep. why even bring it up? Because <laughs> they still have a month. Maybe they want to. We know, still are or... not updating the YouTube, but it will eventually we'll get around to it. Yeah, yeah. The YouTube, YouTube will be updated here soon because I'm going to teach Gwen how to do ah, it so yep. it gets done. Uh, and that's it. I don't know. We have Go a to red, our website. We have a Redbubble. Yeah, we yep. do. We have a Patreon. We're just going to have some new stuff on it at some point here. Yep. Oh, yeah. We wanted to mention that. Oh, yeah. Who the, the one? So who won? We had... Which, we had a poll. We had yeah, a poll on our Facebook won. of uh, different t-shirt ideas, and you guys... I would say resoundingly, resoundingly picked one. The T-shirt that design that won resoundingly, far and away. Above yeah, everything like by else. a significant everything margin. Else. Significant margin by like sixty. Yeah, mm-hmm. is this is my path. Choose your own. Mm-hmm. I love that motherfucker. No, it doesn't say that <laughs> no, 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 no motherfucker. But that's the sentiment behind uh-huh. it. But. And. I've, we've talked about it some, and so we think we're going to do like a uh, witch. Yep. This mm-hmm. is my path. Choose your own. Druid, yep. this, this is my path. path choose your own. own. Heathen. Heathen. Heathen, this is my path. Choose your own. If you want something else on there besides mm-hmm. those, let us know, because that's the only way we know what you guys want. Exactly. We uh, will also do a swan and chill and a don't swan and chill shirt, because... Because Carr uh, really wants but it. But right. it, may, it may take a little while to get everything up, but yeah. right now, the, the one that won the, the prioritized poll, one is going to be the... Right. The, it's my path. Choose your own. Yep. Yep. This is my path. Choose your own. Yep. Yep. Although I do like it's my path of uh, which if I want to. <laughs> that is so. a good one. That's the one that's going to be added to the store. Yes. Yeah, to the Red Bubble. ASAP. Sometime in the next month, probably. Yeah, sometime yep. in the next month. And then... That's it. I think that's, that's it. Yeah. It. Yeah. I yep. don't know what else. Uh, uh, check Agora check on Patheos. Yeah, we'll Our blogs you know. will be going up yeah. there at some point. At some let point, us know. When we know, we'll let you know. Or if you see them before us. Or if you see them before us, yeah. Um, oh, Car and I were the guests of um, a former colleague of mine on her new podcast because she is no longer a Christian. Right. <laughs> and so she wanted to talk to us about, if she and her husband wanted to talk to us about why we left Christianity. What's that podcast so, called? Um, it's called um, Free Evangelic. Yeah. <laughs> and so we are going to uh, be sharing that on our Facebook page and Twitter. Yeah, once yeah. it's finally once done. It's fun- yeah. Once it's up, yeah. which should be sometime tonight or tomorrow. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I'm making no... <laughs> they, they apparently have a longer editing turnaround than yeah, we do. Yeah, they do. I, I they're new. The they're brand done. new. Yeah, they're yeah, brand new. episode number four. four. Oh, wow. We're so. episode four. So. Yep. But anyway, it might be interesting, so I thought I would mention it, because we are going to put it on our on our page. Yep. Yep. All right, I think that's it. All right. See you guys. Bye. Bye. We're good to go. All right. Are we, are we done? Oh, yeah, you have, to, you, you, gotta, have to, you have to... You have to actually... have to stop. Stop the thing. You've been listening to Three Pagans and a Cat. Find out more information at www.threepagansandacat.com.